0: Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Special Parents Confidential. I'm John Pellegrini. The new Education Secretary of the United States has caused some controversy in the past months since her appointment over her views on special education. Specifically, she seems to have no interest in special education at all. Indeed, one of the first actions that took place after her appointment was the removal of all special education information from the Department of Education website. Now, that information has since been restored, but it is troubling. Further troubling is that Betsy DeVos's only answer to any questions about the future of education in America, including special education, is to state her belief that parents have the right to choose what school they want their kids to attend and that states have a right to decide what that education will be, seemingly without any federal government oversight. Now, During her confirmation hearings, it was revealed that she and her family are the majority owners of NeuroCorps, a brain training program that has been hyped as a way for people with learning challenges to succeed. In May of this year, an article appeared in the Washington Post, written by our guest for this episode, Ulrich Boser. He investigated NeuroCorp. He went down to one of the NeuroCorp centers to have an exam done, and he checked out their findings with medical doctors and education experts. And he's agreed to join us today at Special Parents Confidential to talk about his findings and the results of that article. I started off the interview by asking Mr. Bowser to talk about his career background and his work in education.
1: Sure. I'm a senior fellow with the Center for American Progress. It's a think tank in Washington, D.C., and I write about and research education issues. I've been doing that uh, on and off for the past uh, 20 years and just finished up a book that really delves deep into the science of learning, I'm looking at new uh, research and studies about how we can develop expertise.
0: That's great. Yeah, I'd like to talk to you about that later in the interview, uh, but now first we're going to talk about Neurocore. Now you became interested in Neurocore as a result of our new education secretary Betsy DeVos' own investments in the company. Uh, can you tell us about NeuroCorp and how it's supposed to work to help people?
1: Yeah, Betsy DeVos, uh, during her confirmation hearings, it, it came out that she had some very large investments in Neurocore. I had actually first come across um, this type of approach to to learning. Uh, As part of my my book. So what NeuroCourt does to explain, John, is it uses uh, a type of brain training uh, known as as neurofeedback. And uh, we can get into the details if you want, but basically it's an an effort to sort of improve your brain's kind of overall muscle, kind of a language that that they use. And what's been pretty clear over the years is that this approach to learning isn't that effective. And in many ways it, it dates back uh decades, centuries even, you know, for a long time people argued that, you know, Latin was going to help you um, you know, study math or, or law and that's you know quite quite hard to to do. Uh and so, you know, once um we heard about that I, I thought, oh, you know, this is fascinating and, and wanted to look into it a lot more.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Now, getting into the details, I guess, about it. So um, what exactly do they uh, claim will happen if you undergo this treatment?
1: Sure. So NeuroCore specializes in something named uh, neurofeedback. The idea of neurofeedback is that your brain emits uh, certain waves, electrical waves, and those waves are associated with certain um, kind of states of being, if you will. So uh, if your waves are very high, you tend to be Excited, uh, and if your waves are low, uh, then you know you. you uh, if they're really low, you, you might be sleeping. But otherwise, you know you, uh, feelings of, of calm. Uh, no one disputes that that research. Um, but the question then is, you know, can you train your those waves, right? Can you shift those waves, and can you shift those waves in a way that's going to uh, be helpful? The research on this has been around for a while, and while there is evidence that people can shift their brain brainwaves, what's very unclear is that that, that will produce any results for, uh, you know, older people who might have attention issues or you know, younger individuals who might have autism. Uh, and what's clear is that, you know, NeuroCore makes uh, all sorts of promises uh, about this that the research can't.
0: Right, right. Well, that's uh, that was leading into another question I had, which is, of course, the company does claim to have evidence, uh, evidence-based, peer-reviewed research on the effectiveness of Neurocore. Now, what did your investigation uncover about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you really start to to dig into the evidence that they cite, um, you know, often it was pretty weak, right? So it would have, you know, evidence, uh, it would have research without uh, controls. In other words, you're you're just looking at someone and their reports over their experience over a, a period of time as opposed to having some people, uh, you know, not have the treatment and then seeing, you know, what their experience was. Um, and you also, or at least when I really started to dig in, you know, you saw a lot of studies that had small uh, sample sizes, you know, where, you know, there would only be uh, a dozen or so people in the study uh, and I, you know, I want to be clear. This is just not you know my opinion. Uh, if you look at mainstream medical groups, they also don't endorse uh, neurofeedback. When I called my own insurance company, you know, they also don't reimburse for it. But you know, when you look at um, families who might have students with uh, special needs, uh, students, uh, kids with autism, or uh, kids who have uh, ADHD, you know, they're, you know, often just sort of looking for whatever might help. And, you know, if there's a company out there that's making these types of, of promises that appears to be research based, um, you know, they they might invest, in, uh, excuse me, they might you know, purchase these services. And so, you know, I'm not saying that a company like NeuroCore shouldn't exist, but I, I think it is. Uh, questionable uh, and disconcerting that our secretary of Education um, has you know a, a massive investment in it that her family essentially owns the, the company uh, and I think it brings up questions of conflict of interest I think it brings up questions of you know is she someone who's really able to to judge uh, evidence so you know should neurofeedback be out there and be uh, you know continued to look at absolutely but uh, it is disconcerting to to know that uh, the woman who is in head of our nation's schools is, is such a uh, prominent investor. in this.
0: Now, as part of your investigation, you went down to Florida to a Neurocore center and actually had an exam done. What did they tell you uh, when you were there and what were the results of the exam? <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, so I was really interested in what Betsy DeVos was doing I was really interested in this investment, so I decided to go down to Florida um, and pay the 250, if I recall correctly, for an initial um, evaluation. And, and basically, I sat down, they put some electrodes on my head and, and uh, measured my, my brain training uh, excuse me, measured my brain waves, measured my brain waves, and, and then offered an, an assessment. Uh, in terms of, you know, what I could uh, gain, what I could benefit from. You know, I I should, you know, be clear that uh, I myself uh, spent some time in special education as a little boy, and, you know, I repeated kindergarten. And so when they told me that that they thought I had some attention issues, uh, I've never been diagnosed with ADHD. You know, I wasn't sort of necessarily shocked, um, but, uh, you know, in the end, you know, when I took my results and, and reached out to other researchers, they were like, you know, this tool is not good enough to produce these types of uh, diagnoses. Uh, you know, you should be just sort of, you know, very skeptical about, you know, what was said in there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting experience to go down there and, and have uh, them, you know, spend sort of, you know, it ultimately took like three hours. But, the, you know, they they would tried to measure my brain waves and then give me some feedback about, Ways in which my own, um, you know, brain could be uh, improved.
0: Hmm. Now, is any was anyone in the center where you went? Uh, did any of them have any background at all in uh, neurological medical training or anything like that that would give them the kind of, uh, shall we say, uh, expertise in this uh, sort of thing?
1: You know, younger staff who met with me, and then a, a woman who um, had a degree in in social work. Uh, so, in the time that I was there, I didn't, you know, see any doctors, um, or frankly, any any nurses. And you know, it, what was interesting to me, and and the Neurocore centers are in you know, very different parts of the country. I know they're, you know, big in, of course, you know, Michigan, where you're based, and and they've expanded now to to Florida actually where the DeVos family has uh, another set of, of homes, uh, not coincidentally. Uh, but, you know, it was in this, um, you know, strip mall where there was a uh, very high-end uh, exercise studio. There was a raw juice bar. You know, this it, it, it had this very much this feeling of, you know, if, if you wanted to drop a few thousand dollars and had that extra in your pocket, you know, why not? try this thing that yeah you know he's science behind but you know it had this very much this sort of south florida feeling of, of self-improvement
0: mm. Mm. okay so so there's not really uh uh much going on as far as having uh actual clinicians or people there who uh have some kind of a background in this uh or what should be no no yeah no okay now um Currently, Betsy DeVos has absolutely offered no information at all on special education other than she believes it's entirely up to states to decide what special education services should be offered or used. Now, do you know if she is planning on introducing Neurocore programs into schools in the United States for special education services? Has she said anything about that?
1: She has not made any comments about NeuroCorps. She has not made any comments about... um you know, brain training. Uh, when I spoke to people at the company, they said they had no intention of, you know, ever expanding into to schools. Uh, but there have been some schools that have been using this very specific form of brain training. Um, and you know, the other thing, John, is you know, you said at the top, you know, she hasn't commented on kind of special education in this regard. And, you know, I think it's really important to keep in mind that you know she hasn't. You're totally right, but. You know, her the thing that she does talk about a a great deal is, is vouchers, and yeah, you know, happy to talk about this in, in benefit, but in, excuse me, in detail. But vouchers ultimately are not something that are going to be very effective, uh, or at least uh, people who have children with disabilities should be very deeply uh, just concerned about you know voucher programs because they don't come with any protection, uh for students with with disabilities. And so, while uh, I agree with you. Um, you know, she hasn't commented on this. She hasn't commented on brain training. Uh, I'm happy to to unpack vouchers a little bit, but her, her per, you know, her her key thing is she'd be you know happy to 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 say is you know, school choices where she um, you know thinks uh, school reform should go really is not something uh, that's going to work very effectively for you know,
0: families who are struggling with these types of issues. Right. Well, then let's, uh, yeah, let's get into the voucher system um, because a lot of people aren't aware of the fact that, you know, they think that a voucher just means you can go anywhere you want. But you're right, there aren't a whole lot of uh, protections for families or even uh, uh, there's, a, there's a whole school of thought in there about just eliminating all uh, special education, the entire IDEA Act, you know, Individuals with Disabilities Education Act.
1: You know, just at a very top level, you know, we have public schools. Most of us are familiar with them. Many of us attend to them. We have uh, charter schools. Those are public schools, which um, you know have some room to to innovate. And in some places, they've you know, done well. Some places, they've done poorly, but still remain public schools. And then vouchers then takes the school choice you know, one step further. They allow people to use public money to go uh, and send their students to private schools. The the issue with vouchers. Uh, especially, you know, with families who are, um, you know, might have a student with uh, special needs at at home, is that there are no protections in these, you know, voucher systems for these types of students. So, you know, we can uh, debate, uh, as uh, many parents with students with special needs do, about the benefits of IDEA, right, Uh, clearly underfunded. these types of issues and how schools should deal with them. Uh, You know, when you think about what happened previously where students with disabilities were essentially ignored, no special funding was uh, earmarked for it, uh, you know, the the laws are step in the right uh, direction. Uh, You lose those protections, though, when when you use a voucher in in most of the areas. Uh, Certainly, uh, DeVos herself uh, doesn't believe that there should be any uh, additional protections believes in sort of choice without any types of, you know, rules or regulations or protections. And so uh, while she hasn't weighed in much on, on uh, students with special needs, uh, you know, it's, it's clear that, you know, her, her approach to these types of issues is to, to push this very specific value without any research or evidence behind
0: it. Right, right. And that uh, that can be very uh, troubling for parents with special needs kids. I mean, there are some schools that do specialize in having kids with certain learning disabilities or certain learning challenges. But um, again, you're dealing with a situation where there is very little regulation when it comes to private schools or charter schools. Other than uh, charter schools are supposed to offer some special education, but they don't necessarily uh, have to provide any if they state in their mission that they're more of a, uh, let's say, college prep school, therefore they can get away without offering any special education services.
1: Yeah, the charter school situation is a little bit different and then does depend on what's happening at the uh, state level. Uh, So. You know, you have areas uh, like Ohio and Arizona where charter schools, um, you know, are, are essentially sort of, you know, they run rampant. There's very little protections for family, very little uh, to do to close down weak or mismanaged charter schools. And then you have other areas where there are just a few charter schools, but they've actually done quite quite well, uh, like in, in Massachusetts. So I think we can learn from this, you know, broadly, which is to say, you know, education uh, like many social services, whether it 's you know hospitals or you know, building building roads you know we should aim for uh innovation we should aim to allow different models to exist, but we also need to make sure that uh government is is doing best by people who um have special needs advantaged families and, and make sure that we reach a place where, you know, we're, we're we're kind of pulling in between those two tensions.
0: Now, just just out of curiosity, though, if, if at some point they decide that NeuroCorps should be adopted by the Department of Education as part of a standard program for special education, would that be, in your mind, having gone through a little initiation and done some investigating in that, would that be problematic or would that be possibly a good thing?
1: Yeah, I think that would be very, very disconcerting. I think, you know, look, the placebo effect, uh, this idea that if I tell you, you know, that you're about to take a medicine that's going to make you feel better is a very, very powerful effect, right? It's just the nature of, of being human. And, and what we see with this type of um, neurofeedback training is that it has not distinguished itself from the placebo effect. Uh, so that's one big mark against it. And two, you know, Uh, For centuries, people have, you know, made promises that what you learn in one context will uh, transfer to another context, right? So I gave the example earlier of Latin. You know, often people, you know, make the argument about learning sports, right, that, you know, if you're good at uh, basketball, you can get better at soccer. Um, This is very, very hard. The way our brain learns, and this is, you know, frankly a good thing, is very context-dependent. You know, um, and so for, you know, these two major reasons, I'd be shocked to ever see, um, you know, neurofeedback being, you know, know, released in schools. And I think, you know, we should be very wary of that.
0: Well, now I want to get into uh, your new book about learning better, because you've uh, referenced, you know, there are that a lot of what has been standard knowledge or standard uh common knowledge, let's say, about the way people learn, as you just cited in your example there, it's actually not the case. And you've done a lot of research with this. You've discovered that there are other methods of learning that can help kids, especially who are struggling. So uh, why don't we get into how you came to write this book and what led to the research that you're putting into it and uh the whole thing. The book is called Learn Better. Yeah,
1: the book is called Learn Better. I came to it... and. Really, because I I struggled with learning uh, as a child, you know, spoke about this a little bit uh, earlier, but, you know, I have um, a piece of paper that that, uh, documents what happened to me in one fourth grade math class in the period of 45 minutes. I was unable to read my own handwriting. I cheated off my neighbor, couldn't answer some very basic math questions. And I know this because there was a psychologist in the back of the room, you know, taking. Uh, notes on me on that on that day, and you know that experience really shifted. Uh, you know, and and to be clear, my struggles as a learner as a as a young uh, child really you know changed the way that I thought about education. Now, eventually, I gained some learning to learn skills. I went off to a fancy college, um, but you know, I ultimately you know really became fascinated with you know how people learn. How can we better educate? And and this book is is really an outcome of that.
0: Okay. Well, it's uh, now in the book you cite five accepted myths about learning that are completely wrong. Uh, can you give us a rundown of those myths and what you discovered why they're wrong in uh, the research you did?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of essentially the conventional wisdom about learning is, is wrong, right? So uh, let's take, um, you know, sugar makes kids hyper. Very low evidence uh, on that that it, you know, interrupts their ability to learn. Uh, you often see people rereading or using highlighters. Very little evidence for that type of approach. A lot of people believe in learning styles, and and just to be clear, you know, some people do struggle with learning. But this idea that some people are visual or auditory uh, learners, uh, very l- little evidence for that. And you know, I think you know, backing up the the issue is often that. You know, we've gone through education. Many of us, you know, did okay, or at least, you know, uh, like you and I, John, we were, you know, we, we, we landed in careers, but we often think that we're an expert uh, in learning because of that. And then, two, there's just been a ton of research over the past uh, 20 years really looking at this, um, you know, ability of, of learning to learn and have seen a, a lot of techniques, um, something like self-explaining that are, are a lot more effective than something like, Using a, a
0: highlighter. Okay, can you give us uh, some of the stories about uh, what your research uh, led you to, as far as discovering better improvements, as in uh, learning and uh, how certain things work better than others?
1: Uh, sure. I mean, so I really you know, took this research, you know, very, uh, you know, very, you know, seriously myself. Um, I ended up taking some, you know, math classes using an ancient abacus with my children. Um, I really like basketball, played a lot of basketball, ended up hiring a basketball Uh, tutor for myself, a a guy who had worked for the Harlem Globetrotters uh, organization for for many years. And, you know, what's very clear is that there are some techniques that, you know, uh, help us learn a lot better. So, you know, one is simply, um, you know, really being engaged, you know, making sense of things. And it helps us understand why sort of low stakes testing, right, testing yourself is really a, a great way to to learn. John, I'm actually just going to, you know, to give an example of this, and if you have the time, ask you a question. You know, what what do you, uh, do you know the capital of Australia?
0: Uh, uh, No, not off the top of my head, no. I'm afraid I don't.
1: You know, the same thing happened to me. I was in a researcher's office, and he was saying, you know, what is the capital of Australia? And I felt like I should know, right? Um, I felt like, you know, as, as someone who, you know, whatever, out and about in the world, that I know the capital of Australia. And he first said, you know, is it Sydney? And I guess Sydney, and then I guess Melbourne, and it turns out to be um, Canberra.
0: Oh, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> and I was really surprised. I was like, no way. You know, Sydney, Melbourne, I thought, you know, those would be the, the places. And, you know, what happens in this, and, and especially if people are really convinced that they know the answer to the question, you know, what is the capital of Australia, something called the hypercorrection effect. Uh, and what it shows is, is basically, you know, making an error and really being uh, convinced that you were right and then being shown that you were wrong uh, helps you learn, right? It, it uh, makes you make sense of that experience. And, and I, it helps us understand, you know, why making, uh, testing ourselves, self-explaining is, um, is an important way to, uh, a very valuable way to uh, gain skill. So if you, you know, have kids at home, you know, really push them to, to uh, test themselves in little ways, so in terms of just simply recalling information or just, you know, explaining something, uh, explaining something to someone else, summarizing material, teaching someone else, all great, great ways to learn, far more effective than, um, you know, simply rereading the material.
0: Right, right. That's great. Now... um What would you say to parents who are concerned about the direction of the schools in this country and how they can become better informed and participants in their child's education?
1: Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question. You know, we've had a lot of debates, um, you know, recently about the direction of schools. Is there too much testing? Um, You know, have we done enough to support kids to get ready for colleges and careers? We have a new law in Washington, which I think helps shift that debate. Um, really helping us to uh, think about and help schools across the nation think a little bit more about um, addressing social and emotional needs, about uh, taking a more holistic approach to schools. You know, from the research in my book, Uh, Learn Better, I I do also think that, you know, parents should should think about, you know, how are they giving their kids the, the skills to learn, right? So, you know, are they encouraging their students to set goals? Are they helping their students to, uh, excuse me, their children to reflect. You know, we know these things make a big impact, and yet, you know, so often I see people learning and they're just going about, you know, doing it in, in all the wrong uh, ways. So I think, you know, this set of, of, of skills is really important, um, you know, not only for academic experiences, but we're really learning all the time. You know, you pick up the newspaper this morning and, and read the an article, essentially you want to learn <laughs> what's happening in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So um, as far as, uh, you know, the school, uh, going back one more time, though, to make sure, you know, the school of choice and all that kind of thing is really not a good way to go through, especially with your research and to learn better, because there's just not the level of uh, regulation or at least oversight uh, uh, with uh, what uh, the education secretary is planning on doing, or at least from what we from what she sounds like she's planning on doing. And it seems to fly contrary to uh, everything that we're uh, accepting as best practices for education. And uh, your book is certainly uh, a place where people can learn more about uh, what to look for as far as um, how their kids should be uh, dealt with in school. Yeah,
1: that's uh, that's exactly right. You're on the voucher's front. when we think about Betsy DeVos, she's encouraging, uh, reform approach that, you know, is is going to have uh, parents with students with disabilities basically sign away all their rights. You know, I came to this issue from writing this book uh, on the science of learning. I think, you know, there's uh, a lot for us to do there to give our children, as well as ourselves, you know, better tools to, um, you know, be effective in in gaining expertise. And, um, you know, I think we should be very, you know, wary of of DeVos' agenda in this regard.
0: My thanks again to Ulrich Bozer for taking the time to talk with us on Special Parents Confidential. We have links to Ulrich Boser's log, his profile at the Center for American Progress, and the original Washington Post article on NeuroCore on the page for this episode at our website, specialparentsconfidential.com. Please be sure to share this podcast with everyone you know who's concerned about education and special education in America. And that's it for this episode of Special Parents Confidential. I'm John Pellegrini. Thanks for listening.